If you ever purchased or sold a property, you know that there are all kinds of fees associated with buying and selling real estate. These fees can add up to thousands of dollars. So as an investor, whether you're wholesaling or fix and flipping, it's critical you know and understand what these fees are. So on today's video, I'm gonna break it down for you as well as share some tips on how to save money on these fees coming up. For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Jerry Norton's Quick Start Kit with everything you need to flip your first house in 30 days or less. Download it now at myquickstartkit.com. Hey, if you're new here to this channel, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com, and this channel is all about ways to help you make money wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell notifications so you don't miss new videos. Having flipped in the thousands now of properties during the past 15 years, I've seen my fair share of closing statements, and in almost every single case prior to closing, both on the buy and sale side, when I receive the settlement or closing statement, there are fees that I should not be paying or are assessed incorrectly or can be negotiated down, and by so doing, I've been able to save thousands of dollars over the years, which I'll be showing you how to do as well, so keep watching. But first, as I like to do on these videos, let me lay the groundwork first. Because real estate is governed at the state level, each state handles real estate transactions differently, and with each state, certain fees may or may not apply, and who is responsible for paying those fees between the buyer and the seller may also vary. So on this video, I'm gonna do my best to address all of these typical fees that you as a wholesaler, and especially as a fix and flipper, need to be aware of, and who is typically responsible for paying them, but ultimately, it's your job to find out how it works in your state where you do deals. Keep in mind, regardless of who typically is responsible for paying specific fees between the buyer and the seller, remember the contract always supersedes your state's customary practices. So for example, as a wholesaler, it's common to put in your contract with a seller that the buyer will pay all closing fees as a benefit to the seller. So in that example, because the contract states it, the seller would not have any closing fees and the buyer would pay them. Of course, as a wholesaler, if you're doing an assignment, those fees are passed on and paid by your cash buyer. But if you're going to fix and flip the deal, you would incur those additional fees when you purchase the property. So not only do you need to learn what those fees are and who typically pays them between buyer and seller in your state, but you also need to pay close attention to what the contract says. In order for a real estate transaction to occur and ownership transfer from a seller to a buyer, there is a settlement or closing company involved. Now, depending on the state, this could be a title company, escrow company, or attorney. And for simplicity on this video, I'm gonna to refer to this as the closing company, and I'll refer to the person who handles the closing transaction as the closing agent. Now, the closing agent's job is to assess all of the fees when transferring ownership from a seller to a buyer, and just prior to the closing date, the closing agent will send both buyer and seller a closing statement outlining all of the fees to be paid at closing. Let's review them now, but first remember this rule when it comes to closing fees. Always question every single fee when you buy and sell. Never assume the assessed fees are correct or legit. If you don't know what it is, ask the closing agent to explain it to you. You'd be surprised how many fees you shouldn't be paying. All right, let's go through the most common closing fees. First is a title search and title insurance. There are actually two types of title insurance. 
The first is a homeowner's policy, which covers the buyer from losses due to past errors in property records, such as someone making a claim on ownership on the property or any other liens or encumbrances that may come forward from before the buyer purchased the property. Now this fee typically ranges from $500 to $1,000 and depending on the state is paid by either the buyer or the seller. The second type of title insurance is if the buyer has a lender, there will be a lender's title policy that is separate from the homeowner's policy that provides the same protection but exclusively to the lender. Now this fee usually ranges from $400 to $800 and is typically paid by the buyer. Now, depending on the state, you may be subject to a deed or transfer tax. This fee is usually a fee based on the sale price or fair market value of the property. And again, the cost varies by state. For instance, in New York state, the deed transfer tax is equal to $2 for every $500 in sale price. That means a $250,000 sale will cost $1,000 in transfer tax. Now the percentage reach can also fluctuate based on the value bracket of a home. For example, in New York State, there is an additional mansion tax, which is 1% of the total price for homes over $1 million. That means the transfer tax on a $1 million sale will be $10,000. Talk about taxing the rich. So who pays the transfer tax? In some states, the seller pays the fee, some states, the buyer pays the fee, and in some states, it's customary to split that fee between the buyer and the seller. But again, pay attention to what the contract says. Next, let's talk about prorated property taxes. One of the jobs of the closing agent is to figure out and reconcile property taxes. Basically, what they do is from the date of closing, they take the total annual property taxes and they split them between the buyer and the seller based on the number of days owned by each party. So for example, if the total annual property taxes are $3,000 and the closing happened exactly at the six month mark in the year, the seller would be responsible for $1,500 and the buyer would be responsible for $1,500. Where prorated taxes gets tricky is in some states, taxes are paid going forward and in some states they're paid in arrears. So at closing, the seller could be getting reimbursed for taxes or the buyer could be paying taxes going forward. At any rate, as a flipper, just know that from when you buy the property to when you sell the property, at the end of the day, you'll have paid the prorated amount based on the number of days you own the property. Okay, the next fee we'll discuss is the closing fee or the settlement fee. This is the fee that's paid to the closing company for handling the closing transaction. Now this fee usually is 400 to $500, but it could be higher, especially if you're in an attorney state. And typically both buyer and seller pay a closing fee. And this fee can also be negotiated, especially if you create a relationship with the closing company and you do repeat business. I've been able to get that fee cut in half, which adds up to thousands of dollars between purchase and sale closings over multiple deals. And even if you're wholesaling, it's wise to negotiate the closing fee down, especially if you're doing a double closing since you'll be paying the closing fee, and even if you're doing an assignment because it provides a benefit to your cash buyer. Okay, next let's talk about real estate agent fees. First is real estate commissions. Now commissions will only apply if you're dealing with on-market properties. Typically the listing agent representing the seller gets 3% of the sale price, and the buyer's agent representing the buyer also gets 3%, and most people are confused about who pays the commissions. Almost always, unless otherwise stated, the seller pays the commissions, even the buyer's agent commissions. 
Now think about it this way. When a seller decides to sell his home on market, he agrees to pay a total of 6% to get his household, and the 6% is split between the listing agent and the buyer's agent. So even though the buyer's agent is helping the buyer find and buy a home, the seller pays those commissions. Okay, so how does this apply to you as a wholesaler and as a flipper? Well, on the buy side, it doesn't directly affect you because again, the seller pays the commissions, but indirectly, it does affect you because when considering your offer price, the seller has to factor in paying 6% of sale price and commissions. So as an investor, when buying on-market properties, you can't really do anything about it, but it is a fee that you need to be aware of that will impact the seller's decision when accepting your offer. By the way, most people don't realize you can get amazing deals on market. Now, I did an entire video dedicated on how to dominate on-market deals. I'll put a link to that video in the description box below and you can watch it later. Now here's where commissions does come into play big time. When you fix and flip and you've renovated the home and it's time to resell it to a retail buyer, you almost always will list it for sale with an agent and now since you're the seller, you're responsible for paying the commissions. Now I personally love using agents to sell my fix and flip properties, but I don't follow the traditional 3% to the listing agent and 3% to the buyer's agent. I actually pay the listing agent much less and I pay the buyer's agent more. If you'd like to learn how I use agents to sell my flips, I'll put a link to a video in the description box below where I break it down in detail. Okay, moving along. Another real estate agent fee I wanna mention is a broker fee. Now this is a fee that I want you to watch for. It can be anywhere from 295, 395, 495. It's low enough to not raise too much suspicion and I've seen it called all kinds of different things. It's usually assessed to the buyer but I've seen it as well for the seller and it's unrelated to the commissions. When questioned, the way this fee is usually explained is that it's a documentation storage fee for the broker to keep the files for like seven years. Now, most people don't question it and they just pay it, but if I ever see that fee on a closing statement, I demand to have it removed. Next, let's talk about loan fees. This would apply to you if you're using financing to purchase the property. Whatever type of financing you're using, it's important to ask upfront what all the fees are and get a detailed explanation. It's very common to find all kinds of different fees that you weren't expecting on a closing statement and lenders have the most creative names for these fees, including origination fees, doc prep fees, legal fees, appraisal fees, application fees, and on and on. Now, when I use a hard money lender, I ask aside from points and interest, what other fees do you charge? Then I ask about five more times, are there any other fees that I need to be aware of? Ask to get a breakdown of those fees in writing, and then when you receive the closing statement, question all of the fees and make sure that they were disclosed to you upfront. Okay, next let's talk about an optional fee, but common nonetheless, and that's a home warranty. Now, generally speaking, a home warranty is common for retail buyers, and it provides coverage usually for one year for things like the water heater going out or if the furnace goes out, etc. And it typically costs between $350 to $600 or so. Now as a flipper, you won't buy a home warranty when you buy the property, but strategically when I resell my flips, I offer the new buyer to pay for and provide a home warranty. Now I found that since the buyer knows that you just fixed up the home, this gives them peace of mind that they don't have to worry about anything not working or breaking. And trust me, it's worth $500 to pay that additional fee when you flip the house. The next fee also relates to flipping on the resale of the property, and that's seller concessions. 
Now I could dedicate an entire video about this topic. In fact, maybe I will. Seller concession fees refer to money given from you, the seller, to the buyer at closing. Now this could be to help the buyer pay for down payment or closing costs. For example, FHA will allow up to 3% in seller concessions from the seller to the buyer. Concessions could also pay for appliances or moving expenses. It could also be for additional repairs, maybe for things found on the inspection report. Now seller concessions do have to be approved by the lender, but this can be strategic on your part as the seller. For example, let's say that a buyer is interested in my house for sale for $199,900, but they want appliances included. In that case, I'll tell the buyer to make me a full price offer and I'll give you a $3,000 seller concession so you can buy appliances. Now, if you think about it, a $200,000 offer with $3,000 in concessions is the same as a $197,000 offer with no concessions. Just factor the concessions into the deal. So those are some of the most common fees. If there's a closing fee that I missed, leave a comment and share it with me. But finally, let's take a minute and talk about how we budget for closing fees when flipping houses. As a fix and flipper, you'll pay closing fees when you buy and then again when you sell, as I outlined on this video. But most of the closing fees are on the sale side. And if you look at the industry standard fix and flip formula, we buy houses at 70% of after repair value or ARV, less repairs. That means we're taking 30% right off of the top. Now that 30% covers three things. Profit of 15% of ARV, carrying costs or cost of money of 6% of ARV, and then closing cost, which we just talked about, of 9% of ARV. That means for every fix and flip deal, we budget 9% of ARV to cover all of the fees I just talked about in this video. Now, if you don't budget correctly and factor in these closing fees, you'll be pretty disappointed at the end of your fix and flip deal when you do the math and realize how much you paid in closing fees that ate into your profit. And don't think you're off the hook if you're a wholesaler. Your cash buyer has to pay those fees too, which means he or she has to factor those fees into the deal, which means so do you as the wholesaler so that you bring good deals to your cash buyers. Now, if you know me, you know that I have a tool to help keep track of your closing fees. It's just one of dozens of tools included in my Flipster deal management system. Now, if you've never heard of Flipster, it's a cloud-based house flipping deal management platform that not only helps you organize, streamline, and automate all of the steps to wholesaling and flipping houses, but it even helps you find and fund deals. It's really cool to check it out and see it in action. Just go to getflipster.com. And hey, thanks for joining me on this video. If you learned something new, show some love, hit that like button right now and leave a comment. Share with me your biggest takeaway from this video. I'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. I'm dedicated to helping you make more money and less time wholesaling and flipping houses so you can live your dream life. And I'll see you on the next video.